0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by S. Wallace Edwards & Sons, third-generation cure masters producing the country's best dry-cured and aged hams, bacon, and sausage. For more information, visit edwardsvaham.com. I'm Dave Arnold, host of Cooking Issues. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll. Lord knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil finds his groom.
1: Welcome back to The Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte, and in the studio today, I'm very happy, first of all, very happy to be back in the studio. It's been a little over a month. been very busy opening a bar. Thanks, Jack. And uh, I'm happy to have with me in the studio two of my, my favorite people who also just opened up an incredible bar called Leanda in Carroll Gardens. Welcome to the show, Ivy Mix and Julie Reiner.
2: Thanks for Damon. having
1: us. Yeah. Now you guys have both been on here before, but uh, in separate. We're talking about some different things. We're talking about speed rack. Talking about these different events like Google Moon, and and, and I, it's just great to have you both in the studio today together. So it's great.
3: Yeah, this is fun. Yeah, yeah. it's a different <laughs> setting. Yeah, <laughs> it's to see each other. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so um, yeah, so why don't you start us at the beginning? What what was the inspiration and uh, how did this all come about with the opening of the the new Leonda?
2: Um, well, I'll kind of give the lay lay of the land. Basically what ended up happening, I'd been working for Julie for um, five years, I think, something like this. And it was uh, in December and Julie sends me a text message. I'm bartending in Art Basel and she sends me a text message like, hey, I need to talk to you when you get home. Can you please just come to the bar? And the Miami response or in my head, I'm like, God, what did I do? Like, <laughs> you gotta run out of my tab. <laughs> yeah, i like, I don't know. Damn, I got like, to cover my shit. Yeah, like, shit, what did I do? Damn, okay, we gotta pull this together. So I'm like, is everything okay? She's like, yeah, of course. So I land from Miami and I go to Clover Club. And um, not only is Julie there, but Susan and Christine, who are partners at Clover Club and Atlanta, are also there. And I'm like, oh man, now I'm really in trouble. And I sit down, and they're like, hey, there's a space that opened up across the street, um, the same landlord as Clover Club had a place across the street like it's available he approached us about doing something in that space it's not really the most ideal time in the world to open a bar but we want to do it and we want you to be involved and I my immediate response was like whoa oh my god this is crazy I had been working for a year trying to open up my own bar um a totally different idea a different concept but similar to kind of getting a bartending job in New York you can't become a bartender until you've bartended and similar to opening a bar you can't open a bar until you've are a bar owner so this is catch 22 that kind of gets you so they approached me like we want to do something that's totally different than clover club but still cocktail oriented obviously um they want to do something that was like tequila mezcal something like this i'm like yeah well if we do this but we make it all encompassing like not just be not just pigeonhole ourselves into this taco Chimichanga, tequila, you know, world. Sombrero, yeah, exactly. Cinco de Mayo. I I mean, I love sombreros. Cinco de Mayo. (laughs) Yeah, but why don't we try to like go further south? Like, why don't we go visit and be part of Guatemala, where I lived for many years, or even Argentina, where I also lived, or Peru, or all these other places? So, we, I said yes. We started putting the identity together and working like okay what's it going to be and leyenda is kind of an all-encompassing latin place but you know like i said we have tequila we have mezcal we also have pisco and we have cachaça and we have got all the rums from all the islands and additionally we kind of play homage to some old world places like we've got a bunch of sherry we have sherry on draft which is amazing
1: i just heard about that that's awesome <laughs> yeah it's, the, it's,
2: the greatest, it's pretty gangster it's pretty gangster right? <laughs> yeah um but yeah when we're just kind of being that part of the world while still recognizing the fact that we are indeed in brooklyn like this isn't so, supposed to be the place like it's an oasis i feel like i'm in tulum it's like oh i'm sure. in brooklyn you know and you know you have your place off the street and we have this place and we're very proud to be part of this neighborhood that's happening it's just a bit of a different vibe
1: yeah i'd like it because i mean to me there's never a bad time for drinks of that style you know it's like (laughs) clearly like on a day like today where it's like you know in the 80s and super humid and gross like i want to drink really refreshing awesome cocktails but then also you know in those really shitty cold new york winter days when you're like walking through a foot of snow that doesn't look like snow anymore (laughs) 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 you really want that escapism from having like these style of drinks as well but i mean like it's to me it's always been very versatile too like There's a lot of, like, cool drinks that you can do uh, with those ingredients that are definitely, like, more of the, like, old-school boozy stirred cocktail cocktails, you know? And you guys definitely have some of those on the menu. I've... Been there like three times now, and I'm working my way through the menu. I
3: was teasing Damon the last time he came in because he just opened a bar. I was like, "Why do I see you here all the time? Shouldn't you be in your bar?"
1: Trust me, I have been. I get to come in like it's close. And Have like it's one close drink. By. It's, it's that, on my walk home. Yeah, walk it's,
3: home. it's that you know, 15 minutes that you have to sh- to throw a, ba- a daiquiri back. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I think it's really great that we have that stuff going on in the neighborhood right now. I mean, when Clover Club first opened, even when I first started working in Clover Club, which is now. Four and a half years ago, when I first started working there, or four years ago, but it was kind of like the only thing around yeah. for that store. And then Long Island Bar opened, and then mm-hmm. Grand Army opened. Now there's Leyenda You can kind of do this little. You can it's crawl. A crawl. It's a crawl. You can. Yeah. You can. And people come in. Like people used to come into Clover Club when I worked there, and they'd be like, "Where else should I go?" And I'd be like well, you can go down to Prime Meats and go visit Damon, and that's cool. But like,
3: but, uh,
1: Otherwise, you have to head north or into the city. Or just go yeah. to
3: Manhattan, you know, yeah. and now it's like... Yeah, well, it's it's really great to see the neighborhood. I mean, Clover Club has been there for seven years, so uh, to, to see this... Sort of you know where the neighborhood is gone, and now we have this crawl of places. It's really becoming more of a, des- a cocktail destination. Yeah, um, and they're and all very those, different. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. All yeah. those places that they're all so different, um but yet so cool.
1: Yeah, and they're also like I, I kind of like what's going on with the the like even like if you're popping around like there's there's some cool places like to grab snacks like go to French Louis and get some like radishes and butter, mm-hmm. you know like yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just, for like sure you know like they're they're. No, oh, I've always lived in Gardens. I've been living there for pretty much the entire time I've lived in in New York, and uh, it's just amazing to see how much stuff there is. There's stuff to do, you yeah. know. Like, it's, yeah, it's been really incredible.
3: It's good. We, um, Atlanta. We, uh, just to get back to that for a sec, we mm-hmm. um, approached Sue Torres to be our chef there. Yeah. As for for food wise, and uh, it was funny because when we first started talking about it and Christine and Sue and I wanted to approach Ivy and I said, oh, wouldn't it be awesome if we could get Sue Torres? Because I used to go into Sueño's in the city all the oh, time because it was between my house and Flatiron Lounge. And so <laughs> I was there a lot eating her food. Um, and then when we met with Ivy, Ivy was like, oh, I should call my friend Sue Torres. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, of course, you know, Sue Torres and she's your friend. So she was really like the only chef we even ever discussed, yeah. which
2: was cool. And it's amazing. People come in to Leanda and, I mean, because of the pedigree of Julie and then me kind of, you know, people, <laughs> ex- people expect the cocktails to be good, you know, but then everyone just goes, my God, the food, like the food is really, really spectacular. I'm like, yeah, this food is spectacular, but Sue is so... In another world of culinary ex- excellence, she's fantastic. And she also I mean, similar to me, the first time that we actually can't remember when we met, Sue and I, which I think make like I think my best that's friends, d- I can't remember when I met them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sure. <laughs> exactly. The other day she's like, How did we meet? I'm like, I don't know. And um but she, you know, she and I, when I remember this one time we became, like, we really bonded. We're both saying that we're like, we don't really know how we ended up being born where we were born. Like, how I ended up being born in central Vermont with, like, population 600 and no one speaks Spanish is beyond me. Like, my soul <laughs> is from a different part of the world. And she feels the same way. And I think it really reflects in the way that we both make things that you eat and drink. Yeah. And, yeah, she's awesome.
1: I wish she could have been in here today. That would have been...
2: We can phone a friend. Well, yeah. <laughs> She's usually with her kids, so it's tough. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool.
1: It's a big studio. We can we can get, we can get as many <laughs> people in there as we need. Yeah. Um DJ. yeah, the food is great and I it's really thoughtfully paired with the you know, like the, the bar side of things too. Yeah. It's like you can you can get full on like crazy, you know. Mm-hmm. And like, see how many plates you can get dirty, which is like my favorite game. <laughs> <laughs> run, run, food, run, or run. Yeah. yeah <laughs> but then there's definitely... also, it's like, you can get super snacky and light, and like you said, have daiquiri. Daiquiri yeah. and a snackery.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, style wise, like, going back to like the, uh, the drinks, um, I know you used to live in. Guatemala Guatemala. I lived in
2: Guatemala off and on for four years I also lived in Argentina for like six or seven months and Peru and I just traveled all I mean there's there's not many countries in that part of the world I haven't been to
1: it's awesome. Yes. I'm jealous. Yeah, yeah. I've been to Cabo. That's as far as I <laughs> I'm go. like I'm jealous
2: of the younger me. I'm like, man, I want to go back. But yeah, it's can't awesome. go back, Ivy. I yeah. <laughs> I can't not for a, a while. I no, think I about the
3: younger me too. <laughs> <laughs> like, <Yeah>. Guess what? <laughs>
1: not happening. <laughs>
3: now you're handcuffed to Smith Street. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: it's not a bad place to be, that's no. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but you got to uh, you worked at Cafe Nose, and uh, that was like it was like, yeah, you were you were probably, like, really, like... I mean, you were definitely, like, thrown into that whole world. It's kind of... Yeah. It's... To me, it's... You know, we get, like, pretty much anything we want here. And it's awesome to... I'm sure it was awesome to, like, go to a place where it's like, this is, like, what we do. Oh, yeah. And there's not, like, a whole lot. So you just get, like, totally, totally submerged into the, the yeah. culture, you know? Yeah.
2: I mean, this is funny. It was, like, my first bartending job when I got down there. It was not cocktail... It was no no cocktail. It was I worked in the tequila mezcal and beer bar. That's like sometimes people would ask for a mojito and it's always this like, God, how do you make a mojito? And everyone's kinda of scratching their heads rolling around. Like, I think you just tap this mint with a little bit of sugar and lime, right? We put lime in there, right? And this is a whole <laughs> conversation that was I mean we with agua diente instead of rum. This is like horrible. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was a really crazy time living down there and working down there. But the my favorite part about living down there and doing all that was that I really It was much more about, like, the community of the bar. Mm -hmm. I mean, the drinks were great. We've done great tequila and great mezcal and all that. But the greatest thing that taught me was this is how you create a family and a bar. Like, in the end, I want to reflect that as well. Like, people just can walk in and say, hey, we're so happy that you're here. Enjoy a fantastic cocktail. But really just enjoy yourself thoroughly. And, like, this is a place that you're supposed to call your home. And I want you to call it your home. If you're having a bad day, you should come. Talk to the bartender. And I, I'm just trying to bring that back in from all my time from living down there.
1: Yeah, it's super important. It's yeah. it's you can't really like you can train up on on cocktails and spirits and, and food and everything else, but you can't can't teach hospitality. You no. know. It's, yeah. uh, it's something you gotta you gotta just have. You know, and to build that kind of a community uh, with your like clientele and in in your community like just your neighborhood, it's really. It's really like you know what's a, a cool thing about that with uh, with Leon is like that you have those like the first thing is that you walk through and you've got like these open windows and it it really is like inviting and it's like all right we're we're gonna do this and like like you guys not, by the way we got to talk about this how the hell did you turn that thing around in three months?
3: Uh, okay. uh, two words, sufedroff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. Um, you must have
1: been in there like.
3: It was, yeah, I mean, well, you time. know, I, I mean, I've, I've been a part of opening, that'll be this will be the fifth bar, and every single time, every bar we've opened, we've run into some sort of major blockage, whether it be the Landmarks Commission, where if you want to paint the front of the building, you have to put, enter paperwork, and it sits on the desk for sure. six months until somebody's like, okay, you can paint it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but really, you know, or it's the DOB, you know, there are all these a city agencies that that can really delay mm-hmm. what you're doing um, and we just with Leyenda you know it was sort of this is like the first project that we've done where everything just sort of fell right into place it's like the landlord came to us because he loves what we do at Clover and he wanted us to take his other space across the street you know Yeah, uh, it was very old school Brooklyn you know yeah. like won't you girls take my space you know <laughs> 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 and his mom is a hundred and she lives above Clover Club she bought all of these buildings in the 1940s and you know so that he came to us and then we were like oh we should talk to Ivy and then Ivy's like yeah I'm definitely interested and then we mentioned Sue Torres and then Sue Torres came on. It was just like you know everything that we were trying to do it it wasn't difficult as you know a lot of the time these things you try to do stuff and it's just one roadblock after the next with these openings. But It's
1: a lot of hurry up and wait.
3: Yeah Yeah. and with Leanda I mean it's a ton of work. Getting a place open is really tough Um, but you know Sue Susan Fedoroff, um, our partner at Clover, and Leanda project managed it, and we just had a really great GC and you know designer who assisted a friend of Ivy's who um, lived in Guatemala. So he really got Ivy's vision, and um, it was just a very cohesive group of people, and things because of that were able to happen relatively quickly. You know,
1: well, you've had you've had practice doing it, so you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You start to like look at for those things you know, like the things that at least in your control. You know, yeah. especially having a good contractor, things like yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> It's like it can really take a lot of take a lot of the the heat off of you. Um, you know, yeah. I, I it, especially because you've got a backyard which is not open yet, but it's going to be. It's, it's going to be.
2: It's like, going to be so nice too. In some way, and like you said, the drinks are. I mean, we do have the stirred and boozy drinks. We have all the drinks, but the menu is. Aim towards the fact we are opening in summer we do have the benefit of being in brooklyn where unlike manhattan people don't leave that much in brooklyn during the summertime during the weekends like when i used to live, when i used to work in manhattan which has been a few many moons which makes me very happy i (laughs) prefer to stick in brooklyn um i remember the summer happening and all of a sudden you had one you had your monday scheduling on a saturday because no one was in town and i think that in in the summer the backyards is going to be so nice you can get like bottle like buckets of bottled Palomas, or, you know, we have a kind of a pina colada-ish variation with some, it's frozen with cachaça and coconut and passion fruit, and like get one of those, and it's kind of relax, and it's going to be amazing.
3: (laughs) We also have a couple of large format pitchers that that are awesome, um, that have been really popular so far, and both of them um, pair beautifully with with Sue's menu, um, so... Yeah, the menu's been great so far.
1: Yeah, I mean I can I can vouch for that for sure. <laughs> cool. Let's take a quick break and we'll get back, we'll continue talking with Julian Ivey of Leonda in Brooklyn, New York.
2: The following program was brought to you by S. Wallace Edwards & Sons. Edwards Suriano hams are aged to perfection for no less than 400 days and hickory smoked to achieve a deep mahogany color. The Edwards name is well known for its world class aged and cured meats. Their exclusive curing and aging recipe produces a unique flavor profile that enhances the quality characteristics of Berkshire pork. Optimum amounts of pure white fat marbling contribute to a flavor that's a delicate, perfect balance between sweet and salty. For more information, visit
0: edwardsvaham.com.
1: And we are back. You're listening to The Speakeasy. And we've been talking about Leanda with Ivy Mix and Julie Reiner. And Julie, you actually just had a book come out uh, very recently. I the did craft
3: cocktail party. Yeah, yeah, it just came out. It's really geared towards uh, home bartending. Mm-hmm. So you know, it was a lot of uh, a lot of the recipes I've done over the years. Um, but the gauge was kind of like, can my mom make this? You right. know, or can my sister-in-law make, make this? Um, so yeah, it's, it's not. It's geared towards the non-professional bartender. Cool. So a lot of the crazy stuff we do at, at the bars were, was not included. And, yeah, it's, it's sort of it's separated by seasons and then occasions within those seasons that you might have people over to your house. And,
1: yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, I think it's been really awesome to see it just from a, so many cocktail books. It's like the fad. Everyone's coming out with their own cocktail book right now. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, everyone is doing it. And, you know, Jimmy Hen really kind of paved the way for that cocktail book phenomenon mm-hmm. happening. But very, most of them, I've noticed, are very much about uh, us. Like, hey, mm-hmm. fellow bartender, this is how you freeze something with liquid nitrogen. <laughs> <You know? laughs> sure. And like most people aren't going to go do that. Um, Julie's book and also Jeffrey Morgenthaler's book, I mm-hmm. think, are really good for just like, hey, do you really don't know how to juice a lemon? Like, we'll teach you how to juice a lemon and then make something delicious with that juice lemon, you know?
1: You know well, we get so like caught up in our bubble, you know, that <laughs> exactly. we do live in this this little bubble. I mean, it's a big world, but uh, we kind of, uh, we, get, we get stuck, you know, and I, you know, whenever I do like articles for Bon Appetit, it's like, I think about the same thing, you know, it's yeah. like, like, I know that, like, if my mom wants to make this drink, she probably doesn't have access to, you know, like a rotovap or, <laughs> yes,
2: or whatever. Exactly. Can you sous
3: vide this, mom? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> or even, even like, you know, some simple things like, like when it comes to like ingredients, you know, yeah. regional ingredients and like...
3: Well- I mean really like the for me the catalyst for the book was all of the emails and phone calls that I've gotten from family and friends over the years saying, you know, it's Thanksgiving and I have 8 people coming over, what should I make, you know? Right. And the the things that I would suggest to them and Um, recipes and and just how to to do things in your kitchen. If you don't have a muddler, what do you use, you know? Um, And kind of just making it, simplifying it for them. Anytime I gave a a recipe for a syrup, I gave them like six things they could do with it, you know? Because that was like my sister-in-law's complaint was like, oh, I I made this raspberry syrup because there was this recipe, but now I have a quart of raspberry syrup and I don't have anything else to do with it, so. Yeah, I mean... One that, of, put in some champagne. Yeah. One of well, Ivy's sure. drinks um, at, at Leanda is in the book, the Palo Negro, um, which is a sherry cocktail. We have a lot of sherry drinks at mm-hmm. Leanda. Yummy. You know. <laughs> and a beautiful photo of Ivy by Daniel Krieger.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice. He, does, he, he doesn't take bad photos, no. I've noticed. No, he does
2: not take bad photos. He's such a talented guy. Yeah.
1: Um, you know, can you think of... That one, like, that moment as a bartender that, or maybe even before you were bartending, that, like, that one trick, that technical thing, or, like, whatever it was that, like, you saw or, like, we were taught, and you were like, oh, my God, like, the first, like, mind-blowing thing. Cause I, I can give you <laughs> like, an example for me. Yeah,
2: give me yeah, an example.
1: When you're juicing, like, limes or lemons, and, like, you've got it, like, in a hand press, or even, mm-hmm. like, in an electric juicer, like, the cutting off one end and then kind of, like... Having it halfway (laughs) that way it's like you're not juicing two halves of a lemon or a lime
2: and you're doing both at the same time you
1: just do the whole thing you just cut the very end off like a quarter sized thing you know what i'm saying that's genius and then you slit it you kind of like score it yeah halfway so when when it presses down in the juicer over the cone it splits out but the whole thing. like that blew my mind it like,
2: blows my mind. I've never done that. I've never done that either. <laughs> I'm going to go. Damon. I'm going right. to go and teach. You my should write a I- book about that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I started a book, but I I, I knew it wasn't. Well, Life Gives be You as, good as, as yours.
2: Damon
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> It's all those things, though, like that are like, I don't know. I love because I, to me, like with being a bartender, like you're never you're never going to know it all. And that's amazing. There's always more to learn, which is why we have all these great books now, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I remember Thomas Wad one day, I've mentioned this several times on the show, but it, it kind of blew my mind that I had never done this, because once we started using, like, glass chillers,
3: mm-hmm.
1: we thought we were, like, the coolest shit, you know? <laughs> and, and, we, you know, it really is, but, like, he was like, no, man, like, when you're making a Sazerac, it's like, you should use a room temperature glass and chill it with, like, crushed ice. And I was like, "But why would?" I'm sure, but well, I don't know. Yeah. And then he was like, "But the thing, think about it. It's it's got an absinthe rinse, and if you just like spritz absinthe into a dry glass, a cold dry glass, you're not opening it up the way that you would normally drink like pasties or absinthe. So he's like, swirl some uh, like Scotsman right. uh, pebble ice in there. You've got a, a layer of water, and then when you hit it with the absinthe, it actually it opens up. So
3: that's a solid point.
1: Yeah. Did, did, can you think of any of those that ever popped up and you were like, damn I, it, I'm a bartender I now. I remember
3: <laughs> I have a funny um, Dale DeGroff story, like really early on in my career, um, you know, because when I started out, there were, kind of was nobody. <laughs> there, sure. there wasn't anybody to teach me stuff. I was talking to the chef about flavor pairings. And then mm-hmm. Dale heard about the drinks I was doing at this place called C3. And he so he. Hired me to do this event with him, and it was at Cipriani and it was like the same day I met Leo DeGraff, Steve Olson, and Andy Seymour all on the same day at this event. <laughs> and I remember being in the back watching Dale cut pineapples, and I had never cut a pineapple for garnish in the same way. And I was like, "Oh, that's genius!" <laughs> you know, I was like, "He cutting it all, cutting this down the center and scoring it before you cut it." Anyway. It was, And that was one of those sort of aha moments of like, I can't believe I never cut it that way. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, those are like, I you don't know, that's kind of like what it's I a very
3: basic for. example. No, but
1: no, that's, but that's time. it. That's, it's always the things that are like super simple that you tend to like overlook or you, the, the information just wasn't there. Because like, you know, like I can go to like Booker and Dax and like be like, oh, wow, this is awesome. Using like red hot pokers and drinks and you know, like that kind of stuff. But then it's always like, Wait, oh man, that's how you're supposed to. That's how you're supposed to <laughs> hold a shaker. I've been doing it wrong for 12, 15 <laughs> years.
2: Or <but laughs> you I, ever see people who bartend the way that's like doesn't make any? It's like I could never. I, I forget who, but there's this woman who I saw bartending in San Francisco. I can't remember who it was, but she stirred like, like as if she like were like, whipping, down. like as if she were like whipping, whipping batter yeah. or something. And I could never do that, but she, it worked so well for her. She's just like I'm like how did. This, it's just so bizarre how she was doing that. Like, what? And I tried it at home, like, well, that's not working, you know? <laughs> like, how do you do this? And, um, but, yeah, it's, it's really funny. I remember but,
1: but maybe maybe she got into it from, like, a, the culinary side, and that was just, like, totally, like, natural She work. was so
2: damn fast. She, like, whipped out drinks like this. And she, it wasn't like she was whipping the ice. She was stirring perfectly, but it was, like, this weird arm breaststroke <laughs> movement. It was so weird. <laughs> it was so weird. Like, oh, it works for you. That's great. But, um, but yeah, I think my little thing is I remember when I used to, you know, living in Guatemala, we had to slice limes all the time. Everything got lime in it. But I used to just slice a lime in half. And then cut it into three parts, and then score like cut each one down the middle. And the first time I saw someone cut a lime in half, score it down the middle, and I cut in three parts, I was like,
1: what? yeah, that's a big one. I'm like, that's that's a big
2: insane. One. I spent four years of my life doing this the wrong way. It's just nuts. <laughs> that was pretty much what Dale did with the pineapple. Yeah, it was crazy. He did
3: it all the way down. Was like, yeah. huh? it was crazy. It's amazing. Genius. Yeah. <laughs> how did you how know? How have I gone through life without doing yeah.
1: that? Yeah, that's a that's a big one. Another one for me is like like when the first time that like uh <laughs> this is so dumb and i never do this but you know the the banana garnish the dolphin
3: yeah, yeah. oh yes <laughs> dude that
1: blew my mind <laughs> like and apparently that was in a like a
3: it was in a book that I, Brian like Miller a, was toting around <laughs> yeah but
1: it was like a like a garnish like a culinary garnish book from like germany or like from like, like the yeah. 70s or 80s or something like that or, that's so funny dude and it's got a lot of crazy stuff in there it's but, a cool but, book yeah, but that's going back to you know like the shared information that we have nowadays uh, with with our industry. It's like it's really it allows us all to like really advance and and give better product and and it, you know like to a certain extent better customer service because if we're actually caring about like these steps of making like our job easier or making the garnishes prettier or like like more thoughtful like flavor pairings then. Gives us pride in our work, and then we want our customers to experience that as well. So, I think it's just like, I think it's like I keep saying it's just the coolest time, and it keeps getting yeah, cooler. I, agree.
2: I think it is a good point. That like all this geekery, I think that that's the right goal. The geekery yeah. is leading way so that we can spend less time with our noses and our jiggers and more time like communicating with our with our patrons. I think that that's the right way to think about it. I mean, sometimes, you know, you get people who's like the geekery is the geekery like that is the end goal yeah. and i'm like okay yeah i mean i can geek out when we're on a radio show we're geeking out right now like no way cutting lines that's amazing <laughs> you know but um in the end of the day my favorite thing is just to like i'm so glad that landa is open as i'm sure your happy grand army is open to sit there in my bar and talk with people who i like who also like my bar you know and it's yeah. like okay great this is great like the world is complete it's like this is good and that funny trick that you now have taught me about juicing lines will just make me have more time to spend time with people in my bar who <laughs> like my bar. You know?
1: Well, it's you've great. got Jesse Harris working over there too. So yeah. he's, <laughs> yeah. he, he definitely like, I saw him the other day. We were juicing and, uh, my, this bar back of mine, his name is Henry. And he is, he's, it's his first industry job. We've been open three weeks and it's fun to like see everyone like teaching, uh, their tricks to him. Oh, and, right. uh, so, like, it kind of like blew my mind like a second time when I saw Jesse show Henry and I was like, man, this is great. This That's is just so like awesome. I, I love being here right now. That's so awesome. Yeah, but like it's it's also it couldn't it couldn't be your bar couldn't like be run by two more amazing people. No. Very impressive. Like Thank you're you. two of the the most amazing bar people I could ever know and uh and I'm very glad that I do. I'm very glad that you came on the show today. And might pop into Leonda after this, so Good.
2: I'll be there all night. All right.
1: <laughs> well, cool. Do. Yeah. Okay. So that's it for the speakeasy today. Thank you so much again. Get, please go check out Leonda. You can definitely make a crawl out of it and go to Clover Club and <laughs> Long Island Bar, in my bar, Green Art. <laughs> Had to plug it. Sorry. <laughs> all right. See you next week. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you.